Welcome to the Chisco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from RagBrite. This is the show where we like to talk about bicycling just for the fun of it, the social end of bicycling. So we're going to have tales from across the world and uh, talk about things that are happening locally here in Iowa, as well as things that are happening from all over the place. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. What episode are we on? I have no idea. <laughs> we got I have a- no idea what day it is. I have no idea. Um, you know, we're... We are just getting back from Las Vegas, and if you know what day it is or what time it is in Las Vegas, good for you, because <laughs> it's tough to figure those things out. Right, right. We uh, we were in full force. We had uh, uh, the complete Iowa Bike Mafias. We've been nicknamed out there. Um, so Scott, Andrea, or Parrot Talk uh, from this show, and TJ uh, from the Ragbright team, myself, and Kathy Murphy from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition team. Uh, in addition to a lot of other people from Iowa, I saw Dave Haas from Bar Bikes. Yeah. I saw uh, Dave Hendricks. Dave was out Hendricks there. from Connecticut Yankee Peddler. Reg Bryce Shop is out there. Matt Bailey from Muscatine. Um, yeah, and uh, Brian from Colony Bike Share from Spirit Lake yeah. was out there. So we had plenty. Gord of, from Bike Country. Yeah, plenty of Iowa representation out there. At the this is the annual International Bike Trade Show, and this is. This is where all the retailers and, and uh, uh, vendors and industry come together, or at least supposedly come together, because that's changed over the past couple yeah, of years, no wouldn't you say? Well, I've been going for, I'm, I'm going to say, close to 10 years. And it's definitely, definitely changed a little bit over those 10 years. It used to be that pretty much everyone in the industry would show up at Interbike. Mm-hmm. And along the way, some of the big manufacturers decided hey let's have our own show where we bring in our dealers and it started to water down what was you know obviously the biggest bike show in in the land and during that time i think you know it steadily started decreasing um still a lot of good people going out there so a lot of people out there showing as Mm -hmm. well but you could definitely feel that it was definitely not the same show that i attended 10 years ago yeah and i think that has regionalized it a little bit i heard uh cabda which is the chicago area bike mm-hmm. retailers dealers association whatever that acronym is um, they have their own show uh, which comes in in february early february and that's a retailer only show so industries there you have to be a, a bike shop owner or or employee in order to be at that show uh, and they're placing orders, and that's that's kind of regionalized what's going on. So you got Trek and Specialized doing their own shows. You got Cabda now doing a regional show that's coming on strong. You got other things like QBP doing Frostbike with their yeah. own brands. Um, and then there's some East Coast shows that are happening. Um, sea Otter is is kind of a force in in sure, even though that's a springtime thing. So. It's a different time for the industry, and I think they're figuring a lot of things out. Yeah. Um, and and it's not just it's it's a tradition on the way they've done business for years since the bike boom of the seventies um, to now this internet thing has really changed some things, wouldn't you say? Oh, no doubt. And you know, a lot of people can look online and you know uh, take a look at you know all the specs and all that kind of stuff of of the new line of bicycles that are coming out or, or apparel. 
But there's just something about touching and feeling things in my mind. You know, I want to, or, or taking a bike out for a ride, or, or you know, touching the, a certain apparel's fabric, and or, or trying it on. So those types of things is really hard to do online. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do online, no doubt. I mean, there's every mm-hmm. order is done online nowadays compared to the old days where they would take out the legal pad and probably write down, well, I'm going to take uh, two dozen of these and, you know, give me some of those naked lady golf tees and, you know, I mean, yeah, um, stuff like that used to happen back in probably the 70s and that was how you ordered things. But nowadays it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't expect that the consumer isn't going to be as educated, if not sometimes more educated than, than the shop employees when they walk in the door. And so I think just, just just this big change of industry that's going on, and and I really I really can't underemphasize we need to support local bike shops. I mean, no they, they're a community resource second to none. Yeah. Um, to be able to go in and touch things and feel things and get service. I mean, you can't do that without local bike shops, and uh, that's uh, that's going to be important moving yeah. forward. Well, I think um, I was talking to a couple of the non-brick-and-mortar bike shops, and they, they've been popping up as well, mm-hmm. like Beeline Bikes and, and mm-hmm. Velofix. And, you know, those types of shops, if you will, or or service vans or whatever you want to call them, they didn't even exist. And right. just having a conversation with, uh, with Al, who uh, runs the one up in uh, Minneapolis, he was just mentioning – you know, the number of bike shops, brick and mortar bike shops that have actually declined in the last 20 years is just unbelievable. And mm-hmm. um, it's not a good trend. And with more and more shops coming online that are more mobile friendly, right. with more and more manufacturers that are actually, you know, actually shipping to the customer direct that you can go and order a full you know, bike that's ridden pretty much in the Tour de France. I mean, there's that, that word canyon that's that's kind of popping into the vernacular of bicycling. I mean, th- these are things that are changing the dynamics of today's bike market. And I don't know, there's just something about, I don't know, it's nostalgic. I mean, I work for a, a, a company that puts out a newspaper. It's something about touching and feeling. I like taking my bike to the bike shop and talking to Sean or Gordon and saying, hey, my, my bike sounds funny. You know, trying mm-hmm. to describe that online is kind of tough, don't you think? Yeah, I, and I don't, I, I don't claim to know anything about the retail business, and, and the the people that we have are, are really good at what they do. Um, but I think there's also what's happening in the trends of the nationwide may not be reflecting what I was doing. And yeah. I think, you know, RAGBRAI as an event is a big driver of, of the bicycling movement in Iowa, wouldn't you say? Oh, no doubt. And I'd say the overall trend nationally has been that the bike industry is a little bit down. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen some numbers as high as 20%, um, maybe 10%, somewhere in between that. Just talking to the bike shop owners in Iowa, uh, we've had a couple of our bike shop meetings, wrap-ups with post Ragbri, and I, I always ask them, you know, how's your year going? And when they, you know, when two or three of them have said, hey, we we did better than last year, that's not a trend nationally in the bike industry. I'm not saying that's all rag bright by sure. any stretch of the imagination but there's something about what we're doing in iowa that we need to keep doing and mm-hmm. not pay attention to all those trends that that the industry wants you to follow because these are going to be the saviors of the bike industry 
you know, I, I think it's the whole theme of what we're doing with this podcast. Just go out and have fun. Get people, <laughs> you know, get get their butts in the saddle. And right. that, that sometimes is lost on on the national industry where, you know, how they're marketing to people, how they're trying to sell bicycling. You know, they're, they're, I do see some good trends that are mm-hmm. popping up. Um, I, I hard to not notice the e-bike trend that was at sure. the presence of, of this show. I know we last couple of years we've gone out and enjoyed a, a, a nice e-bike ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're darn fun. Well, I wouldn't say I completely enjoyed the e-bike ride. <laughs> so, so here's the story. I started. Uh, we went out last year and got uh, three. I think three or four fat tire e-bikes. Mm-hmm. And we rode those things as fast as we could down to Lake Mead. And it was 110 degrees out. So it was a hot day. And we were warned, um, you probably want to keep the pedal assist level at about a one. Don't go up to five. Um, and uh, here we are putting it up to 11. Um, and uh, we overheated. I overheated. Uh, the motor on my fat e-bike and what it does is it shuts itself down to about a quarter of the power so we're down at at the bottom of the hill near Lake Mead it's 110 degrees out I now have a 75 pound fat bike without pedal assist Mm. or about a quarter of what I needed so it was a really long ride back to the top of the hill Um, but very good lesson learned that e-bikes do have some very important limitations that we have to consider too. Yeah, no doubt. And we took them out again this year, mm-hmm. and we had a nice variety. I had a fat bike. Um, you know, some of the girls had more of a kind of a cruiser bike or a mm-hmm. cargo bike. Um, so they came back with big smiles. Right. I mean that that to me is an indicator. Did you have a good time on the bike? Right. And not you know I mean we're we're not going to talk about yeah I hit 28 miles an hour on the on the flat and you know it felt like I was only pedaling at 26 miles an hour we're not we're not going to talk about that stuff here um, did you have fun yeah and I give I I gave the bike an A you know and, and we took out some uh, bikes from Raleigh you know good good mm-hmm. company doing some good stuff in the electric world keep it up Raleigh uh, you know solid company and like like what they're doing um, but. You know, just ask me, hey, did you have fun? And um, I don't know if I'll buy one, but I enjoyed riding one. Um, so two stories here. Um, well, uh, first of all, our Raleigh demo bike. I had a throttle-powered one. I don't Ooh. know if you noticed that, but, uh, you know, everybody everybody that's kind of a purist in the bicycling movement says, you know, e-bikes, are they cheating? Are they not cheating? The throttle, that's cheating. Yeah. Um, you know, I was able to go up a hill just by pushing my thumb down on a button and uh, not pedal at all. Uh, and, and I understand that. I understand that, you know, there's a there's a means to that if you're that worn out or, or you just want to use your throttle instead of do that. But there was also a trade-off with the throttle is battery battery life. Yeah. So I only had so much time that I could push that button down and then it was going to become a non-pedal assist bike. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. that that changes things. I mean, we we see more and more of those pedal assist bikes mm-hmm. on Ragbri, and not so much the throttle type. Right. And I mean, I I think we've had a pretty pretty good policy. Sure. If it's street legal, come on, come yeah. on and ride it. And I'm not sure about the throttle 
type. I mean, we want people putting out some human effort. And I think our philosophy kind of changed over time of just, just hearing from people say, hey, I, I want to ride with my father another year of Ragbri. He's done, he's done 30. And, you know, I'd like him to do 31, 32, 33. And he can do that with the pedal assist bike. So we have a retired couple in our neighborhood, uh, Carl and Diane. Uh, really, really sweet people. Really love uh, uh, riding bikes with them or doing whatever. And Diane just got an e-bike and loves it. And a lot, because and, and we see them riding all the time now because she can keep up with Carl. Um, and, you know, she was... She was getting to the point where on her regular bike she wasn't keeping up and he was having to wait at the top of hills or whatever, but now it has evened up the game. And so you hear that as the potential market for that, but I also think there's a secondary market, and that's with like our friend Nate Kading, who was an early e-bike owner. Now, Nate, if, if you don't remember Nate, he was a kicker for the Iowa Hawkeyes and the San Diego Chargers. Mm. Um, you know, really, really great guy to, to chat with. Loves bicycling. Um, but he has a... Exec- Do you consider kickers athletes, Mark? Well, he, he plays a lot of golf. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and rides his bike. He's um, a kicker, though. Technically, know? he's a professional athlete, I guess. Yeah, okay. He can ride circles around me, so I'm not going to Yeah, me too. So, got to jab Nate every once in a while. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Nate's got an executive job downtown in Iowa City and got an e-bike. And, and it was, you know, novelty. And, and I'm like, Nate, why? And he says, I live at the top of a bluff in Iowa City. He says, I got to wear a suit to work. I don't want to be all sweaty by the time I go home with two bags of groceries. Sure. And I get that. I mean, that makes sense yeah. from, from that perspective of, of you know, I want to be outside. I want to be on my bike. I want to be con- have that convenience, but I also don't want the sweat sure. that goes with it. Um, in Iowa City, I noticed a trend this year. This just happened this summer. We have a, a used car dealer that's become a moped dealer during fall. Huh. That's when the students are coming back. Sure. Students buy mopeds. And uh, this year, he added a selection of e-bikes and fat e-bikes. So if you're the student that comes up that doesn't want to get a license... You don't want the insurance, and you want it at half price. Hmm. E-bikes are pretty not a pretty good not deal. A bad, yeah, not yeah. bad, not bad. And you can probably take it more places on campus and stuff like that too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you know, those are some of the trends that we saw at at a Vinter bike. One of the disturbing trends in in my book. I don't know, Mark. Usually about four o'clock, there wasn't a whole lot of business getting done. It was it happened to be happy hour and maybe some celebrity signings at Interbike, and <clears throat> I, I saw that part of it. You know, definitely tempered, which I'm a little concerned. I mean, we like to have fun at at a. You know, we're working hard yeah. when we go to these trade shows, and you know, um, we we saw some celebrities out there. Mr. Worldwide, <laughs> Nelson Vales was out there signing autographs like the best of them, but. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was just definitely interesting. We didn't see obviously there was a lot of the um, World Cup riders over in Wisconsin, so they weren't there. The big right, cross stars, right. but it seemed like a lot of people from um, the race world, uh-huh. which we we really don't care too much on this show. I mean, we talk about the cycling, but um, it was kind of cool to see some of those some of those uh, elite cyclists in the past and and maybe over a cold one sure so um hopefully if the interbike folks are listening and they're good people pat um does a great job kind of heading up interbike every year pat who's and um 
Justin, he's a, a fellow Gator. Uh, Justin Gottlieb does a lot of their PR stuff. I, I know they're going to look at everything that they've been doing over the years and, and kind of write this ship. And I'm, re- I'm excited for the move to Reno Tahoe, which is moving mm-hmm. it out of Sin City and moving it, up, moving it up a little bit in the country into, you know, just nice places to ride and, and a, a fun town. So I, I know they're going to get some of those things right and make it fun again. Just like what we talk about on this podcast, make it fun. And yeah. people people will react. Yeah, I'm willing to give Reno a try. It's uh, you know the biking opportunities I think are going to be closer, um, so it's going to be easier to escape and go get a bike. I mean, the question for me is, you know, do I ship my bike out or do I uh, try to get a hold of a rental demo, whatever it needs to happen out there? Uh, so I'm interested in that opportunity. I think it's going to be cheaper for exhibitors because uh, you don't have Vegas prices, you don't have the uh, a lot of the issues that you have with with Vegas exhibiting and buildings and that sort of thing. Um, so I I think I would hope that more vendors are going to be there in in Reno. Um, the big question is, can the the participants, the attendees, the you and me, hmm. and all the bike shops, can they afford to get to Reno? That's a question. I think that's going to be a magic question that that show is going to have to ask itself of. What's what's going to be the deals to, for flying? Because Vegas is easy. My my question is is the is the cast from Reno nine one one going to be there? <laughs> because they're there. Come on, that's yeah, that's going to up the fun level immediately. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, they're they're saying. I mean, it doesn't matter if you if you met you know whatever if you met in Jackson, Mississippi, if you met in you know Pigs Knuckle, Arkansas. I mean, if you get if you get the industry there and you get the the leaders of the the bike world there, it's going to be a meaningful show. And I, I think that third prong of of saying, hey, let's put it in a great location. If you can get those two, the bike industry and, and the people there, and then you put it with a with a fantastic place. And from what I've seen, I think it's going to be a cool place. So yeah. um, good luck to those guys. I know you know they're friends as well as uh, peers, and I I know they're going to work hard at it to to make it right and. Uh, one of the cool things they added is a downtown crit for next mm-hmm. year. Um, good friend of ours, Ravi from from college, is uh, going to be one of those people who's been working for Red Bull for for many years. He's going to help put together the Criterium in, in downtown Reno, which is going to be, in my estimation, a really cool event to add. Cool. And um, again, it's that fun factor of hey, you know what? Let's let's kick back, maybe have a beer and watch some cycling going on. I think that's kind of a kind of a cool concept. Yeah. No, I'm willing to see it succeed. I, I think it's going to be great. Um, I, I'll give it a try, and uh, let's hope for the best. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Very cool. <clears throat> well, I, I also want to bring up yesterday, not today's Tuesday, so yesterday I traveled with, with our good friend Jim Green, mm. and we paid our last respects to, in my mind, one of the ultimate ragbriers of all time on the bicycle. Uh, Steve Van Deest was 56 years old. Um, you probably don't know him by name, but by sight, when you saw him pedaling with his kind of shoulders, hands, uh, with his sister on the back of his bicycle for many years, I think they completed 15 rag brides. And um, Steve was in a horrible car accident, truck accident, back when he was about 19 years old, um, paralyzed from the waist down. So uh, along the way, he decided, hey, he wanted to do rag bride like his parents did. And so for years, he rode with the Diego's. Um, just a wonderful human being and wonderful family. And, you know, he'd always jab me about 
hey, TJ, can't you make these roads a little smoother? And, <laughs> and you know, gave Greeny the same kind of grief over the years and just, uh, gosh, it's God hot out here. It's like 110 degrees. And But he said it with that little smirk that you knew he was pulling your leg. And he was the most inspirational rider of all of Ragbri, in my estimation. So I don't know if you knew Steve or the family. Probably seen him go well. You went by him because he was slow as molasses. But, <laughs> but um, you know, his bike was there at the funeral, and I, I had the opportunity. And the family asked me to speak a few words about nice. Steve at the at the funeral, and it was one of the toughest. I've, I've talked to a lot of different conferences and different bike groups, but boy, that was that was tough. And I'm glad she just asked me the, the night before, so I didn't have to think about it too much. <laughs> and I just spoke from the heart, but. What a what a great guy, and you know, got dealt a tough hand. You know, being um, you know paralyzed at, at an early age, and mm-hmm. then you know took took lemons and turned them into lemonade. And he had some, you know, gave back a lot to people. And you know, I'd also see him at the state fair when he was showing his cows, or um, pop by and have a beer with him at the state fair. But just you know he's truly going to be missed he hadn't been on ragbri in the last couple of years because his health has been really really down but mm. i just want to say steve thinking about you and your family and you know there'll be no one else like you on ragbri uh, but you've inspired that next generation of steves that um you know even if you're um you know delta you know a disability through a car accident don't don't give up you know come back out there's there's room for you we get those calls all the time will buy will i be accepted on ragbri absolutely yeah. steve was accepted had more friends on ragbri than anyone and um just just want the family to know hey we're thinking about you oh good yeah play the cards you dealt and play them well that's uh take every moment you can that's great good well, I know we weren't going to have a guest on on this show. Um, we might be changing format up a little bit here and there. We've we've got some some new people, some new format of the show right. coming up in the near future. We're going to be joined by one of our our Vegas travelers, uh-huh. the Murph Kathy Murphy, <laughs> is going to be joining us a little bit on this show. Is there a reason why we're having Kathy Murphy join us a little bit more? Well, you know, Kathy loves doing. She's been on the Parrot Talk a couple times, mm-hmm. and I think they make a really good team together. Sure. Um, and uh, I, I think that works uh, pretty good. Um, we're going to kind of, uh, you know, concentrate on the four of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Kyle and Brian have, have got some additional duties at the register that they're going to have to be sure. focusing on, um, which is is, is good. Uh, everything's everything's very happy with this, uh, with this show, and we're enjoying doing yeah. it. Uh, so hopefully the listeners keep on going and growing and sharing it with other people. Um, but uh, I think we uh, we got a good base going. We've got good base training miles. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that what the racers say? They've yeah. got a good base. I, I do want to thank Kyle and Brian for, for everything that they've done for this podcast. They've been kind of reassigned, if you will. Um, you know, Brian's a new dad, so he's got yeah. a lot of duties outside of, of work as well. Uh, and Kyle, you know, he's a, he's a journalist that absolutely loves cycling, and I think he'll continue to love cycling. And both those guys put a, put a lot of effort into this podcast, and, you know, they'll certainly be missed. But I bet every once in a while we could probably grab them back for an episode or two. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think they're going to they're going to be a faithful listener the entire time also and and i think they you know they really lent some credibility to us uh us couple of uh of people faking it through our podcast yeah. they were real journalists and and uh yeah we're nothing of the sort 
<laughs> so, so are there other journalists doing podcasts in cycling world? And I, I know we we ran into one in the elevator. Uh, oh yeah, Sonia Looney, who yeah. was doing a podcast. It's kind of kind of neat. Yeah, I really enjoyed meeting Sonia because I have been a, a fanboy of Sonia's for quite a while. She is a world champion mountain biker. Uh, uh, plant-based athletes. So yeah. she she doesn't eat meat and 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 that sort of thing. Uh, so vegan athlete and uh, real inspirational character. So uh, we're hoping to get a, a, a part on Sonya's show uh, coming up at some point, and maybe she'll be on this show, uh, which would be great to exchange some material with her. I think she's fantastic. And, you know, it was really fun because we were sitting at the bar talking about the nuts and bolts of podcasting, not the nuts and bolts of bicycling, but uh, that that was fun. Um, I know Velo News had their podcast out there. I've listened to a couple episodes. If you're into racing, that's the podcast. We might be a polar opposite podcast say, of those guys. So two things that, that you picked up at the bar, plant-based podcast not us <laughs> we're talking bacon biking beers etc right, right uh racing like velo news mm, not so much i mean right. I, I said to sonia in the elevator i said you know the only grams that we're talking about shaving off is you know how many how many how many grams of carbs are in that beer <laughs> and you know she she understood immediately what our podcast was about so right. uh, i'll have to tune in hers and so what what is uh velo news what's their podcast all about you know i, I listened to a couple episodes and so far it's uh it's a lot of talking about racing a lot of talking about people and names that i don't necessarily know although they were at interbike and they had katarina nash on huh. uh, that's a name i know from the cycle cross world and jingle cross yeah uh, she had a great race in in iowa city um and hopefully has a great race at uh, trek cup um yeah so uh, and then a few other guests that i had no clue who they were yeah uh, but they're you know famous racers and and uh, they, they, guys they, that weren't from Milwaukee, I'm guessing. Yeah, but you know it. It's interesting if you if you kind of block out the racing part of it in your mind. You know, they're talking about what events they want to go to and and when they're riding on the weekdays. And you know, they may spend much more time on nutrition and wattage and coaching than we really do. But when it all boils down to it, we're all riding bikes, aren't we? Yeah, and having a good time. I mean, that's the emphasis of this podcast. Yeah, get 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 your butt in a saddle, you yeah. know. And if it's ten miles, fine. If it's ten miles on an e-bike, fine. <laughs> if it's thirty miles and you're hammering, fine. Right. Um, but you know, after your ride, let's all get together, break bread, maybe maybe clink some some bugs. Um, that's what it's all about. Have some fun and. From day one, this podcast has emphasized the fun side. Yeah, we talk about racing the other week with with Jingle Cross, and you know there as many people are out there for the fun side of it instead of the race side of it. Sure, I couldn't tell you who won or who came in third or whatever, but you know I remember having the shoots out there. Yeah. So, so we'll see. No guests this week. I know we got a pair talk. She's talking about eating. I'm guessing it's not plant based. What do you think? I don't. I don't think so. I, you know, Andrea's uh, Andrea's one of us. I, um, if it is plant based, I know when we were walking back, perhaps about the witching hour, we'd stop by the pretzel joint every time. So, um, you know, if if it is talking about pretzels, I I I know where she's coming from because there's nothing better than a hot pretzel about two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Except they closed at one, and that's what yeah. we figured out oh, in Vegas every oh. time. Yeah. About 2 o'clock, we'd be like, yeah, they've been closed for an hour. That's uh, not oh, work. well. Oh, well. Well, hey, 
big thanks to our friends at Primal, and I also want to th- welcome to the world Harper um, Lozano, new to the Edwards family. Oh, yeah. They welcomed a nice, nice baby into the family. I'm sure there's a, a, a baby cycling kit that's out there right now, and nice. Primal's been a big sponsor of this podcast since day one. But but Jess and Robert, uh, I, I believe Harper is, is the baby's name, so welcome to the world, and I look forward to seeing uh, lots of baby pics down the road. Congratulations to Grandpa Dave. That's, Grandpa Dave. That's pretty fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Spent a lot of time with those guys. Right. Um, obviously, Dave, Tim, we've been, we've talked about quite a few of those guys, the primal uh, posse on this show, but just just wonderful people. Got to meet some of the other uh, people that work with, with primal at different events throughout, throughout time. So looking forward to seeing some of those events and maybe getting a few of those on the podcast as well. Some good stuff going on. You know, that was one of our difference with Interbike too, is that we were always grouped up with other companies. Oh yeah. You know, and, and you, you went out to the restaurant and you'd see four of guys from this company just sitting together, not mixing and mingling like we did. So I was kind of known for that. Primal's kind of known for that. So uh, we want to keep that uh, that trend alive when we're out there in Reno. Yeah. I, unfortunately, some of them just kind of get kind of clickish and, yeah, we're not, you know, a grupo or anything like that. We're not, we're not right. selling that kind of stuff. I and mean, we're selling fun. Right. And I, I think we've kind of bled over to some of the other events and some of the other folks that come to Interbike and, and obviously Primal gets it. They've, um, you know, they'll they'll go to different events throughout the year and and catch up with people. So I like that philosophy and you know to to, to share some good times with with friends. That's, that's what it's all about. All right, sounds good. Let's bring Parrot Talk to the table and get this going. All right, Parrot Talk up. Welcome to Parrot Talk. This is your host, Andrea Parrot. First of all, I'd like to start off today by saying happy National Pancake Day. It is truly a glorious day indeed. Um, I have a particularly funny uh, pancake story from the Ragbri days of old that I'd like to share with you today. Um, as many of you may know, um, I used to ride Ragbri with my family, including my parents and my two little brothers and many aunts and uncles and cousins. Um, but um, particularly, we would always like to stop and gather together and have breakfast at one of the many pancake vendors along the ride. So being teenagers, all my brothers and I, um, we could eat quite a few pancakes, Um, particularly my brother Michael, who I can't tell you how old he was, but it was mid-teenager time, um, and he could eat so many pancakes. And just by nature of being at the Pancake Man or Chris Cakes, I can't remember which one, for such a long time... Um, you kind of get a feel for how many, who else is also eating a crap ton of pancakes. Um, so through the week, my brother would eat more and more and more pancakes just as sort of like a challenge to himself. But he always noticed that there was this guy who would always eat more pancakes than him no matter what. And he had like this really hardcore, um, black with white skulls jersey so skull jersey guy would always best my brother in the number of pancakes that he ate Um, and this went on and on throughout the week until the last day when 
my brother just, he set out that day to beat Skullman in the pancake eating contest. And so he just kept eating and eating and eating until he finally ate 32 pancakes. That is so many pancakes. I realized that they're small and he didn't eat any like sausages or like any of the other sides or drink any tang or anything like that. But 32 pancakes. Um, and he beat, he did beat that skull Jersey man on that glorious day. Um, I don't know how many skull man ate on that day. It just, you can kind of tell by the number of times they come back to the, um, griddle to get their set of four pancakes. And that's kind of your gauge. And he did not come back as many times as my brother did. So my brother was so proud. It was a special day in all of our lives. Um, but then about five miles later, I ride by my brother Lane in a ditch, and he truly paid for that uh, victory. But he did make it back to the campsite that day, albeit very slowly. So um, what a cherished family memory that is. Um, the other thing I'd like to talk about today is our trip to Interbike, which TJ and Mark may talk about. I'm not quite sure. Um, but we just got back the other day, and it was really fun. It was our last time that Interbike is going to be in Vegas. And if you don't know what Interbike is, it's a really big bicycle trade show where you see all the latest and greatest in bikes and um, bike accessories and clothing and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was pretty interesting this year, although it was a lot smaller than it's been in other years. I just think people's trade show budgets are kind of small and Vegas is pretty expensive. Um, so, But it was interesting anyway because we had a lot of interesting meetings with um, different vendors, and including Primal to work on our jersey for next year and Pace Hats to work on our caps for next year. So we got a lot of progress done in that arena. Um, the one thing that I noticed besides there not being as many vendors this year was that the e-bikes are truly taking over a lot of the bicycling market. Um, we did some test biking on e-bikes and if you've never ridden an e-bike before, it is really fun. Um, it doesn't give you a huge boost. It's not quite like riding like a scooter or a motorcycle, but it noticeably helps you pedal when it, the going gets tough. Um, I know I've talked about e-bikes a little bit before on Parrot Talk, so I won't go into it too much, but like, you know, if you've never given one a shot, you know, just take one out for a spin at your local bike shop because it really is a good time. Um, I'm thinking about getting one for a commuter bike, but I'm gonna have to save my pennies because I don't think they're very cheap at this point. Maybe if I just like wait them out, the price will come down. I don't know. I rode one that was um, a cargo bike, uh, e-bike, and it was so cool. I don't even need a cargo bike, but I need one in my life at the same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, you know, just try it and you'll see what I mean. Um, but it was interesting how these e-bikes have taken over such a big chunk of the industry when we're really the bike industry, not the motorized bike industry or the electric bike industry. Um, but, you know, I think they can really help with the commuting problem of people not being able to get into the city center fast enough or being too sweaty when they arrive. Um, I think it does solve a lot of those problems. So it'd be kind of a, it's kind of interesting to see where it's going to go from here. Um, so anyway, that's about all I have for the Parrot Talk today. Um, I would love to hear your questions. I know it's kind of the off season, but um, hey, I'm still here. I'm still squawking. So I'd love to hear from you. You can either email me at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on social media at justgobike on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Um, or if you want to tweet me directly, you can tweet me at ragbri underscore Andrea. 
So catch you later. You've reached the end of another Just Go Bike podcast. Wow, this has been fun doing this, Mark. I think we've been at this for a while. It's pretty much nine months down of doing Just Go Bike podcasts. And uh, obviously, you can you can check out our show notes at justgobike.net. You can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those places. But you can also uh, make sure you subscribe either on Insta- on Pooh. Where, where can you subscribe on this thing? What is it? Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. iTunes, yeah. Yeah, those are all good formats if you want to check out our podcast each and every week. Yeah, and we, we couldn't do this without our, our sponsors. So Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities, Bikes to You in Grinnell, and, of course, Primalware. If you're looking for custom bikes, jersey, or bike gear, jerseys, apparel, uh, and even their stock stuff is is fantastic. So check out Primal Wear for your bike apparel needs. All right. And we will come in contact with Iowa City, that curious communities, because this weekend is the Grand Gable, the fifth and final, is it not? It is. It is Grand Gable, the five. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be fun. It's going to be bikes. That's all that counts. That is good. And I can't wait to have the legend himself, Dan Gable, put a medal around your shoulder and there's there's no better feeling than that to see the legend himself dan gable out there awesome awesome all right well tune in next week we'll have more fun from from the ragbright nation and the the world of bikes throughout throughout this great place that uh either america or maybe some international ones so uh who knows where we'll end up talking about next week so thanks for listening Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.